listening to Affect Autism, where Affect is the number one tool we use in supporting child development through playful interactions. If you're a caregiver looking to implement your own floor time approach, please see the Parents Menu at ICDL.com, the Interdisciplinary Council on Development and Learning, for the virtual floor time consultations for parents. There you can schedule an appointment, look at the virtual DIR home program services, and see the weekly parent support meetings registration. We aim to help you implement the developmental individual differences relationship-based model at home, taking into account where your child is developmentally and their individual sensory processing differences within your safe and nurturing relationship to promote and support their developmental potential. Hello listeners and viewers, this is Daria Brown. I am back. We have a very interesting podcast this week about access and choice in autism services featuring New York State. Tony Totora is an occupational therapist and clinical director at the Rebecca School in Manhattan. Wave, Tony. Lori Chashelsky is an occupational therapist at Liberty Post in Buffalo, New York. And Galena Itzkovich is a returning guest. She is a clinical consultant with the Interdisciplinary Council on Development and Learning, ICDL and a clinical social worker in New York City who works with different populations, including children and adults, both on and off the spectrum. All three are developmental, individual differences, relationship-based, expert training leaders with ICDL. And today we're discussing the bill that they put forth to the New York State Legislature to have DIR floor time covered by insurance, which is an expansion of the current autism bill, which only covers applied behavior analysis, ABA services, and from there, hopefully will be expanded to private insurance companies that will follow the Medicaid guidelines. So welcome to all three of you. Thanks so much for Thank having you. Hi. Thank you, Daria, for having us. I'd like to start with you, Tony. Um, what is the process that this goes through? How did it come about? What is, what is the goal? How did it come about? And what made you guys uh, decide to do this? So this has been quite the adventure for all of us. All three of us have been um, on this since the beginning. And we started exactly two years ago, uh, February, March 2020. And we had this grand idea that we were going to get our voices out there, have DIR floor time heard in the world of insurance to give parents um, self-advocates, families, more access and different approaches to, to treatment, to therapies. Um, but then the pandemic hit, right? So we had to put a pause and hit the brakes and recalibrate and figure out um, what, what it is exactly that we, what we wanted to do. And we refocused um, about 18 months ago and met as a coalition. There's, I think, eight of us on the coalition and we meet monthly. Um, and every month we sit on Zoom together and we start off with conversations of how are we gonna do this? What's the best way to do it? Should we develop this? Should we develop that? Um, we do have some great floor time experts in um, California who have done some bill writing in the past. We also thank Jeff Gunzel who's done this in New Jersey. So with everybody's support, we came together to the best way we figured out to do it was to amend a bill that was already there. Instead of writing a new one, there is an autism bill. So we took the autism bill in New York and we expanded it to include DIR floor time. Um, we did that probably uh, about a year ago. 
and we put that bill forward and it's been since then getting momentum, right? We needed to have legislation, we needed to have a legislator and assembly person join us, then Senate support and Senate sponsorship, which we now have both. And our bills out there and being read by people in Congress to decide if this is something they'll pass. So we're hoping to keep building momentum and keep getting people, not just politicians, but everyday people on board who can raise awareness and raise support in their different jurisdictions to then have their assembly people and their senators join and say, yes, yes, yes. So that's, that's our goal. It's, a, it's, it's working so far and we, <laughs> we're hoping that it keeps going. And Lori, uh, what is it going to take? Like, does, is there a vote on it and then it's passed or not? What is the process? Yeah, so it's it has been a fun ride like Tony, Tony mentioned. So we are learning as we go about this process. Um, there's a fun little song for the how the US legislature works. There's not a such song for the New York state. So we're like, how does this work in New York state again? So we're learning as we go. So right now our bill is in committee, it's in the insurance committee, but we need a lot more support. Um, so we're all in our own in our own right, talking to the people that we know, sending out lots of emails to everybody we can get our hands on, putting things on social media, because the more volume there is to a senator's office, to an assembly member's office, the more they have to pay attention. If they get one letter to their office for bill 8548, which is the assembly bill. Um, and I'll say, that's nice. This person in, in Buffalo and this district, in my district wants this. And frankly, that assembly member or that Senator is probably not even gonna see it, their staffers. So, but if they get lots and lots and lots and hundreds and even thousands of letters regarding this bill, uh, that staff person will say, Hey, Senator so and so, you may want to take a look at this because it seems like a big deal because half of our constituents care about this. Uh, so that's really where we are now is getting more and more word out as, to as many groups as possible. So we've reached out to our own personal group. So you know, the agency that I work for, Liberty Post, I've sent that statewide because we're a statewide agency. Um, I know Tony has shared it with her colleagues. Galena all has shared it with hers. We've all shared it with ours and then our professional groups as well. Um, so the New York State Occupational Therapy Association has been part of this bill. So we're hoping to get them on board. So it's really as much volume as we can get is what we're looking for because we really want more, more kids and more families to have more choice. So before I get to Galena to describe, you know, what does this bill mean? Um, what can people do that are listening to this podcast, do they have to be in New York State? And then if yes or no, what, what do they need to do to help? Um, yeah, so ideally they'll be in New York State, more volume even from outside of New York State, because if you have loved ones in New York State, I think that holds a little weight. The people who are voting for the people who are currently in office hold the most power, really. So if you're in New York State, uh, we have a nice Facebook page set up that has a Dropbox um, and all of the documents that are associated with it. So it's the New York State DIR Coalition is the name of the page of, of our group on Facebook. And there you can find all the documents. So you can see the, the bill itself, the summary, just like a memo summary that um, 
Senator Abenati's office um, put together. Um, sorry, Assemblymember Abenati. I always mix up the, the house that they're in. Um, and also a sample letter. And in that sample letter, there's a there's a link for people to go to to find their assembly member, to find their senator. Um, because again, these, this was all new to us. I'm like, I don't even know who my I don't even know who my assembly member is. Um, but it's got us all a lot more engaged in, in the political process, which has been exciting. So people will go to the page, they'll see the yeah, sample no. letter, they'll yeah, put in theirs, that. and they just send it. And they can send it. So uh, they can they can email it. Um, also, if they if they're able to, if they have the means to to print and also snail mail it um, with stamping, you know, the old fashioned way um, to send it also to the to the legislature's office as well. Um, I don't know why in, in today's green age, but I think that the paper also holds a little bit more weight than an email. Um, but I also recognize not everybody has a luxury of having at their home or extra money to you know throw a few stamps on a few letters. So, but but those are all the how tos. And ideally, we want people to kind of bring their personal self to it. Like, why is it important for you to have this bill passed in New York State? Are you a parent? Are you a professional? Are you a self advocate? Are you just somebody who cares about families having a choice and having equity in the state of New York for services? Um, and support services for their children with autism. So, um, yeah, that's that's the how-tos. So, so Tony, what if people don't have Facebook like me? Is there another way to access this information? Yes. So we do have a website. It is on um, the ICDL website. We have a link. It so that's another way. We also have a change.org that Galena has developed with all information on there. Um, so those are two ways that you can definitely get the information from us. Um, we also have an email address. I could share that as well. I'll pull it up. And I'm going to put all of this information in the blog post at affectautism.com. Just search access and choice in New York state and it'll come up um, and people can link to all of these different sources. So that'll be great. Um, if you want to say the email for people that might be listening on audio. Yes. So the email is DCNY, D as in dog, C as in cat, NY, like New York, um, at ICDL.com. So DCNY at symbol ICDL.com. For Interdisciplinary Council on Development and Learning, ICDL.com. Yes. Great. And Galena, what would the passing of this bill mean for each profession? Lori and Tony are occupational therapists, but let's start with you first, a social worker in New York seeing private clients. Well, there are not many social workers who practice DIR floor time these days, and I think it's the lack of information. Uh, floor time has been kind of invisible to many professionals, mental health professionals who are practicing, uh, but they all know about ABA because ABA is right there. The insurance company offers you an opportunity to learn how to become an ABA provider. And when uh, and in the, let, let's talk uh, uh, let's talk money. When the individual provider signs up with the insurance company, gets on the panel, they are offered this wonderful choice to see their client many times a week to work with their client in a very different 
model very, very intense work. So they go, gee, let me try to learn how to do that. It doesn't happen with DIR floor time, even though floor time kind of uh, falls very naturally into my professional stance and our professional culture. The professionals won't go for it. They don't even know about it. Same goes for the clients. The clients don't have this option to have this uh, work done more than once a week for 45 minutes. You know what? I do floor time. I do floor time with my patients, but I cannot call it floor time. I continue to call it individual psychotherapy. But it's so much more. And for listeners that might be new to what DIR floor time is, uh, DIR floor time training is giving you information that you can use in whatever profession you are already licensed in. So when Galena says she's not calling it DIR floor time because she is doing individualized psychotherapy, but it is in a DIR way. It is with a floor time lens. It is understanding where the client is developmentally, understanding their individual differences and sensory processing profiles and family, um, cultural experiences, all of those things that fall under individual differences that are unique to that person and uh, focusing on the relationship and creating a safe relationship and safe space to work on um, what they are, are what she's providing support with. So I, I think it's what you said is so true, Galena, in Ontario here where I am, um, I'm in the Toronto area so many people don't even know about DIR floor time because they only hear about behavioral supports and we're trying to change that and there's a little bit of headway being made. But when parents get that diagnosis and they ask and they look around and you know, usually they're gonna go with what is funded and what is funded is behavioral therapies. And we are, we've been saying and screaming from the rooftops, parents need choice. We need access to other options. ABA is not the solution for a lot of people. Autistic self-advocates are fiercely against ABA for a number of reasons that we don't need to discuss here. We want to provide choice and we deliver a developmental approach, a relationship-based approach that a lot of parents are asking for more and more and more. Um, so we want to be able to have access through the insurance companies because that's when people will go for it is it's funded okay i'll try this and if it's not funded i don't want to pay out of pocket yeah I, yeah it's funded and it's also the frequency right so if you tell a parent who has just been um given a diagnosis for their child of autism and you say great we have this service you can get 20 hours a week of it this is the this is the treatment or the therapy approach Parents, parents want that, right? You want help, you want support. And we're saying, yes, but there are other ways than just this one approach. The approach that we have is not just going to, someone's gonna come into your home and, or come into your, bring them to your clinic and you're gonna do something, but it's learning and it's having the parents learn and the self-advocates learn about themselves and who they are in the process. And I think that's really important. It's important just not to do but to also support. And it's a, it's a very different framework. So we want the developmental models to, to 
flourish, to blossom, to be incorporated and included in, in the autism bill in New York State for those reasons. We don't want just someone to come in and say they're helping and fixing and treating, but no, you are a person and you have the right to decide and make choices. And it's a lot about choice, choice in the therapy type, the treatment type, and also choice in everyday um, interactions and interactions with the therapist, the relationship, it's the R and the DR for time model. We want the relationship to be there for the practitioners with, with people with autism, adults, kids, um, and the relationship with between the parent and the child and the family and the child, that that's where we are too. So there, we, we want choice. That's really what, what our main goal is. And as an occupation, oh, go ahead, Glina. Yeah, and I just wanted to say that we want parents to be informed of what they're choosing. Mm -hmm. And we have to right. say, okay, I'm also practicing DIR floor time. And they go, oh, what's that? Is that what mm -hmm. you've been doing this entire time? I like it in the mm -hmm. hindsight, but they don't know. They cannot choose. And I cannot proudly say, and I put it, uh, DIR floor, floor time, and they the insurance companies ask, what is it? Nobody knows. Mm -hmm. it, Mm -hmm. unseen it's almost like it does not exist even though it goes along with the client-centered philosophy it goes along with early intervention and with uh, approach to families as partners which is the new york state right and it goes along with so many things that we say but we don't really practice enough so kind of expanding and becoming visible for sure um, and, and Tony and Lori, as occupational therapists, when you're talking about treatment of, say, sensory uh, challenges like motor planning challenges or something like that, um, it's a little bit of a different application than Galena, who will be working, you know, doing psychotherapy and working more on supporting uh, the family and, and what they're doing when it's when it's more of an occupational therapy focus and maybe focusing on like, where are this person's sensory sensitivities? How can we integrate the senses? How can we work on motor planning? What can we do to help this child's gross motor functioning and fine motor functioning as they progress, et cetera? Um, what is the, you know, what does this passing of this bill mean for an occupational therapist in a school? Let's start with in a school, Tony, where you work at the Rebecca school, where it's, it is a DIR school. Yeah, I, I'm very fortunate to work at Rebecca School. So we are 100% DIR. Every person that works there gets DIR for time training. And it's a it's a very unique place. Um, and it's it's really about expanding beyond beyond that, right? I, I, I think when you think about, it's an, in addition to OT. So our kids get OT at Rebecca School. Our kids get um, occupational therapy services based on an IEP in New York State. And this is an addition to that. This is not um, necessarily that OT would be taken away or done by somebody else. It's rather, here's your OT and your clinical lens that you're coming in from, and we're going to support the knowledge and learning of all the players that this child may encounter. So the parents, um, the speech therapist, the PT, the grandparents, <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of who who else can we get on board and can we support? And Tony threw out the word IEP. I just want to specify in case people didn't know individual education plan that um, kids who, who need extra supports will come into the school system and they'll, they'll have an individual education plan. And Lori, 
you're not in a school setting, you're, you're in public services. Um, how does this bill affect what you do? Yeah, so a couple ways. In, in some ways, it's not gonna affect me directly immediately. Um, right now, if a child that I see for OT is, they're just gonna get DIR because that's the lens that I, that I provide my OT services through. Um, there are some situations where a family might know that they want DIR floor time services and they, they can seek me out in, in some respects. Officially, they can't. They can't choose. You can't choose anybody but your um, evaluator or your service coordinator for early intervention in New York State. Um, but if you don't agree with a with a different type of, of treatment, you can say I don't want this. Um, so if a family doesn't want ABA, for instance, then they're the pool is more limited. So they'll probably end up with me or another OT that that provides DIR four times. Um, my services that from my agency end at five right now though. So if you don't go to a specialized school who provides DIR four time services, like, like the Rebecca School here in Buffalo, Buffalo Hearing and Speech um, provides DIR, a DIR lens to their education. If you go to a Buffalo Public School, for instance, that is not what you're gonna get. And, and so if you want this type of approach and support for your child or self-advocate, an older child maybe want, wants this type of services and they want DIR for time, they're not going to get it in a public school setting. So they can access services after school and after school programs. Um, and then just, again, having more choice. If that's all you have all day is, you know, having to fit in this, this probably a neurotypical box all day, um, being at a, at a typical public school setting, um, we can offer more opportunities beyond that that school setting for private pay or insurance paid services through DIR full time. And that can include certainly occupational therapy services, but as you know, because it's an interdisciplinary model, that can go beyond that as well. So more support for the kids um, to have more success and more happiness and quality of life. <laughs> this is an extra added bonus. And there are certainly a lot of DIR trained practitioners in the state of New York, maybe a lot more so than in other states, but a lot of them have to rely on clients who pay out of pocket. So I think that's where the whole access piece comes in, where we want to expand services to anybody who wants it, just not those who can afford it. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, I, in the last couple of years, it, it all kind of coincided and I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's kind of done a lot of self-examination and, and learning more about um, my role in racism over the last couple of years too. And so listening a lot more to Black autistic people, you know, listening to Black autistic parents, hearing a lot like, well, that's all well and good. If you don't like ABA, don't tell me that you do, <laughs> that you don't like ABA and ABA is bad if you're not going to give me another choice. And so this is another choice. And I, you know, I, I don't, I, I want to be part of the solution, certainly not part of the problem. And that's, what, I mean, that's a lot of the clientele in, in Buffalo. We're, we're, we are a poor city. Yeah. And I, it happens often, right? That you, you meet a family or a kid and or an adult and you're like, oh, for you would do so well, right? Like you would do so well with floor time, but then you're mentioning something that you don't that you can't actually back up, right? Because you're mentioning something that doesn't happen. You can't get funded 
for. And you can't expect families to pay for this out of pocket. So we do our best to do OT and um, Rebecca School was, was, is founded on a principle of not just going to your school district, local school. We, we take students from all five boroughs, bust in from anywhere, Long Island, Westchester, you can get there, we'll, we'll take you. Um, and we support the families in that due process of, of paying for the school. But that's, that's still 150 kids out of all of New York. Um, that's not a lot at all. So we, we really, back in 2020, before things changed, we really sat down and were like, how do we get this to more people? How do we figure out to make this more accessible, to have families learn the language, to speak it. As soon as parents start hearing the floor time words and apply it to the play that they're doing with their kids, kids change, you can see it. I have students that just started over the summer. I finished a parent group this morning, they showed video and in six months, probably seven months now, the change is amazing, amazing. Um, but it takes, it takes a model that te not just comes in and does, but teaches and supports families in what development is uh, and how to play, how to get on the floor and play with, with kids. It's so important what you said there to just reiterate it and say it again, maybe in, in a different way, that a lot of times um, what parents find that they don't like with other services like behavioral services is that the therapist is is literally trying to change the child whereas mm -hmm. the change we're talking about is natural development and supporting and guiding that natural developmental process as opposed to trying to make the child appear normal or changing um, their behavior which might look like change but is not an intrinsic, uh, intrinsically motivated developmental process. And it a lot of times causes a lot of trauma in children if they're just being made to feel that the way they are isn't okay. And so I, I just wanted to clarify that point when you say yeah. you saw so much change in seven months, what you're yes. seeing is this developmental progress that this right. child is blossoming into the person that they are inside um, that we're supporting to come out because of, right. you know, sensory challenges that are yeah. preventing them from participating in interactions or whatever, whatever. The and also change in the parents, right? Like yeah. it's not just the, it's not just we're trying to do something to a child or to a person who has differences. It is the parent too is like, oh, I never knew that if I didn't say anything, my child would. Right, or I never knew if I stopped, my child would do this. We celebrated and I'm a parent, I have two, two young kids and I was um, coaching a family over the weekend and their child, he's almost four, is going through the terrible twos. And we celebrated that, right? Like, we're like, oh my goodness, we're at the terrible twos. And to, to be excited that development's happening kind of on its, on its own, because we're there and we're there to witness it and support it. and 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 help families say, I'm not changing this. I'm not stopping the terrible twos. We're here now. And how do we play through this? And how do and how do we how do we do that? Um, so yeah, it's 
it's it's the reason why we started this process and um, we're hoping that it continues the what's the what's the right wording Lori and Galena the time frame till June is is called something <laughs> in, in the government to get <laughs> the legislative session the legislative yeah. session it, it's ends in June so we have from now until June the end of June ish or the end of May ish to get this to get this to get those voices heard. So it is a time sensitive thing. If it happens, it happens between now and June. If it doesn't happen now, it will have to wait for another year. Right. And somebody uh, who would be uh, two this year would turn three next year. And we are losing these very important, uh, you know, development a window. We won't be able to do this work that can be done for this kid. So it's important that parents sign, that parents share their success stories, that parents make their voices heard. Yeah, and and I mean, it like, just back to what Tony said for a minute about the, the terrible twos, you know, a lot of parents will be looking at these charts and saying, oh, at age three, my child should be doing this, this, and this. At age four, my child should be doing this, this, and this. They're not. I need to make them do this, forgetting that the foundation isn't there yet. And that's what DIR is working on, building that foundation and helping that developmental process along, which in a lot of kids on the spectrum is delayed. Um, I think my son went through the terrible twos at age five or six. You know, it, it was a lot later. And so just seeing these different things happen, I remember getting drilled um, about my son at one of the intakes. Um, does he point when he wants to show you something? Does he look at you to check in? Does he do this? Does he do this? No, 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 no. And it, it was literally four years later, he was pointing at something and showing me and I was like, oh, that's what they were asking about way back then. And now it's happening. Um, so it's yeah. it's a wonderful thing to be, to when you get a choice of approaches and instead of someone telling you, this is wrong with your kid, this is wrong with your kid, this is what we have to do. Instead, DIR floor time was just so welcoming to me and, and I've embraced it fully for nine years now uh, to see, okay, my child's whole future is before him and it's wide open and the sky is the limit and let's just help him along at his own pace and i think so many parents are craving that but just don't know it's available so i think that's what's so important about getting the word out getting insurance to cover these services and and also the fact that dir floor time is interdisciplinary like Lori said uh multidisciplinary interdisciplinary transdisciplinary i think we've used all of those terms and Kathy Platzman described the difference between the three in a past podcast that I'll link to, but um, having, knowing that your child can be part of a team where everybody on the team is working through a DIR floor time lens. So the occupational therapist, the OT, the speech language pathologist, the SLP, the, if you have physical therapy, the physical therapist, uh, the educators in the school, social workers, psychologists, counselors, um, all of the different people that are a part of your child's team can speak this same DIR language and understand this developmental approach. So I think having that choice is so, so important, especially 
when the school system is so hard on kids so much of the time. And it's holistic and wholesome at the same time. And right. as somebody who's teaching uh, new professional, new DIR professionals, I um, attest that there are so many people from different professions who come in, who live with a, a very different spectrum of knowledge, very different understanding of what's happening. Uh, an OT will live with the understanding of the family dynamic and a social worker will uh, live with the understanding of sensory issues and it really helps us function. It does not mean that we cross into a different discipline. It means that we are acutely aware of other issues. We have our eyes open for other issues. Also, we respect, we learn to respect natural environments and we learn to respect what the families are made of, different families, and how the families will meet this kid, this particular kid. So and, I think it's very important. And that it's a family approach. So a lot of times there's siblings in the family and sometimes more than one sibling has diagnosis, whether it's autism or something else. And DIR works with families and empowers the parents and um, I have a, a couple of podcasts on floor time with, with groups uh, that I did with Christy Gozi. So there's, there's just DIR covers that whole spectrum of issues that families face when they get that diagnosis that maybe one type of therapy that's out there doesn't address and parents still feel lost. What we're saying here is coming from a place of we have families kids, self-advocates, adults who deserve the right to choose. And right now there's not a choice in New York. So here is our bill in New York State that we have amended 8548, like Lori said before. It was put into assembly on December 13th, um, introduced by Abenati's office, he's in Queens and then sponsored by uh, a senator in Westchester. So this is, this is what the bill states. Um, and please take a look at it. If you know, if you yourself live in New York, um, it would be great if you went on to either Facebook um, or emails, the email address that I provided wanted more information, we have letters, we have resources, we have um, DIR floor time media packets that we can give you to explain to people what it is that we're, we're trying to do. Um, so you'll get support the whole way. And if you are in New York, please find your assembly person and your Senator and reach out and say, you're in support of this bill, please help us. Um, and if you have someone in New York that you have a relationship with, a family member, a friend, have them take a look too, because I do think the more people we have and the more momentum we have in the next few months, the more likely this, this bill will, will be brought to everyone's attention and hopefully make it, make it through all the levels of government <laughs> to get where it needs to be. At the, the change.org uh, page. Yes. Uh, I can share that one too. Uh, sure. It continues, it continues to grow. It grows like a plant. It has more than thousand signatures, but we definitely need more. So I am going to put the links 
to all of these in the blog post at affectautism.com. You'll go to the blog podcasts menu and you'll see the New York one as the most recent one if you're watching this right away or in the top few. And hopefully, you, and if you if people are watching, they're like, what the heck is DIR floor time? You can go uh -huh. to the start here link and you can read up in the first little bit. There's a bunch of little mini uh -huh. videos about what DIR floor time is. And you can certainly look at ICDL, Interdisciplinary Council on Development and Learning, the home of DIR floor time and where professionals are trained in DIR floor time for more information. All of the links will be posted at the blog post. Thank you so much, Lori, Galena, Tony. It's a pleasure having you here and let's get the word out. Everybody listening, please uh, email, go to Facebook, go to change.org and let's get this bill passed for access and choice. Thank you, Daria. Thanks so much. Thank you. Until next time, here's to choosing play and experiencing joy every day. We Chose Play is a new series documenting my family's floor time journey. You can see the preview on YouTube and you can register to watch the extended trailer for free at affectautism.com play or just go to wechoseplay.com. With each episode, you'll glean insights, tips, and reflections, what I learned and what I know now that I would tell myself back then along the way. I hope it will support caregivers in their floor time experience. We chose play. We have joy every day.